Welcome to All The Things, a podcast for moms seeking an inspired life. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Chin. I am a writer and a coach, and my most passionate truth is that the world needs the real you. That's why I created this podcast, to discover all the things that make us who we are, because the better we understand ourselves, the more good we can do in the world. So let's do that together. Hello and welcome to this week's blog blob. <laughs> I'm chuckling because blob is a, is a word that Jonathan Roberts used in a later episode that'll air in the next coming weeks. Um, and he, instead of saying blog, said blob. I think some blogs are blobs and I'm like, yeah, blog blob. <laughs> so welcome to today's episode, um, which is a blog blob. Um, and before I get started, I want to first acknowledge that I am podcasting and speaking from the traditional and unceded lands of the Nipmucket and Massachusetts tribe. And I share a land acknowledgement before my recordings to ground us in the idea that, in the idea and the fact, actually, that we are living in a world with injustices as well as privileges. Um, and, and we all have variations of that some more some less of one than the other um so i wanted to ground our conversation in that and i think that today's topic specifically is actually very relevant to it this idea of um either or and both and is something that has percolated in my mind for i don't know the past few years um you know some of it stems from my my classes that I've taken with Kimberly Ann Johnson, who does somatic experiencing work and healing trauma and really looking within and kind of unleashing that inner jaguar. Um, and then some of it is my social justice work and also just personal observations as a Chinese American in that. So first I'll do a reading of the blog and then we can blob about it. <laughs> um, so the blog, the blog, the blog, post is titled not either or it's both and with slashes between either or and both and our brains default to either or thinking because that is the culture we currently live in our parents taught us we can have one thing in a choice of two it always seems to be a choice of two but not both having love withheld because we have been bad in quotes picking favorites and labeling a child as the smart slash fast slash needy, etc. one are all examples of contributing to this binary way of looking at the world that we carry with us into adulthood and into how we approach life. But what if it's not an either or world? What if it's both and? What if we can be both a good and bad mother at the same time and give ourselves grace and compassion? What if we could both disagree with a friend about something they are doing and still love them? What if we can be both the oppressor and the oppressed at the same time? What if we can hold two opposing truths in both hands and see all the links of the two in between? All of those links in between all of our truths are connected and interwoven like a net. It is contained, but where one string starts and ends is impossible to discern. Maybe it's not only both and, but all the things. And now you can see a little bit of like why. I call this podcast all the things. So this idea of either or is, is this idea of this binary thinking. And it's also this idea of like good and bad. And I 
I kind of mentioned a little bit in the beginning of this blog post that this good and bad thinking it starts very young. You know, we'll say, parents will say, good girl, bad girl, or good boy, bad boy, like, say to dogs all the time, um, which is very interesting. But we say it to children too, like, oh, have you been good today? Oh, or, oh, you're such a good girl. Here's a piece of candy or something like that. Um, and we start, I think with, you know, I'm not a child psychologist or anything like that, but, um, my understanding is like, you know, children will start to kind of internalize those beliefs and believe that they're good or bad. Um, and, and for very like distinct reasons and not feel this, like, and it'll be very like straightforward in their head. Like this equals good and this equals bad. And that leads us to a very binary way of thinking and seeing the world. Oh, this person's doing this, so they're good. Or this person's doing this, so they're bad. Because what happens is when a child is told that they're good, they start believing that everything else that they're doing is good. And so then as they become adults, once they see someone doing something good, then they're like, oh, that's a good person. Even though they're only doing one thing that they necessarily agree with and they don't know anything else that that person is doing. Um, or that person is doing something bad, so they're a bad person. And this is really interesting in terms of like building community and like looking out there and trying to create relationships because we create these categories of like good and bad based on a lot of different things. Our beliefs, what the media says, what our friends think, what our family thinks, um, what, you know, what recent book we've read, like the kind of day we're having, like all these things kind of factor into it. But at the end of the day, our brain goes to good and bad. Um, and that's only really one of the ideas of this either or thinking, you know, when we look at it from a social justice standpoint, you know, you can, you can be someone that hears, oh, well, um, you know, you're, you're doing something that's racist, so you're bad. And, and so no one wants to actually say that they're racist or they're doing something that's racist because then they automatically equate everything that they're doing and it kind of brings them back to childhood. It's like, oh, I'm not a bad person, so I can't be doing something that's racist, so therefore this is not racist, therefore I'm not a bad person. Um, that's assuming that you've grown up in a household that obviously has those kind of ideas or that you've internalized that in some way. For me, what's been really interesting being a Chinese person in this conversation of racism and social justice is that I'm kind of like on the periphery and I can, you know, I can share a kind of a story around it um, because I'm not black or white, right? The conversation is like black, brown, or white. And I'm, I'm not, you know, um, don't give me a color, then give me yellow, but I'm not, no, neither. And so I have privileges that have been given to me due to the hierarchy, you know, the social hierarchy that's been put up there by white supremacy, but I have also been oppressed due to that hierarchy as well. Um, but being a Chinese person, my personal experience has been that I've been able to kind of observe it from both lenses and I'm kind of in this gray area. And so last year I was taking a course with Sabia Wade and she is a, um, or they, I'm unsure of her pronouns, but they are a, um, they are a little bit of everything actually. They are a doula, um, and obviously, she's she's a black doula. She's actually called the black doula, but she also has she was doing a, um, a somatic experiencing course all about the black nervous system. And so I attended this class because it was for black people and their allies. And I was like, I'm an ally. I'm going to sign up. I really want to learn about this. 
the nervous system is something I've been, and trauma is something I've been diving into for the past, you know, eight years or so. So this is something I'm really interested in. So I joined the class and then there was, um, and I went to the first class and there were probably about a quarter of the class were black people and other people, other racialized people. And then there were white um, identifying people or white appearing people for about like 75% of the class. At one point, you know, after that class, there was conversation saying that, you know, to create a black centered space, we need white people to turn off the cameras. And I kind of found myself in the middle. I was like, well, I'm not a black person and I'm not white, but I'm an ally. So do I put myself in the white person, like in that group? And then there was also a point where the Facebook group, um, two, two additional Facebook groups were created in addition to like one major one. And that was for the black people and for the white people. And, and so I, I, I don't know if I raised my hand. I might have raised my hand during that. Um, or I just had a conversation on the side with Sabia. And I said, you know, I'm Chinese. I think I was in the class and I raised my hand. I was like, I'm Chinese. Like, where, where should I be going? Like, how do I orient myself into this conversation of black and white? And I think she and Kimberly were both on the call at that point. And they're like, you are Chinese. You are a person of color and you need to be in the group with the other people of color. Because it, like this whole conversation like pertains to you, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it was kind of weird though, right? Because like I did find myself in this in between space of like I want to be an ally, and I am an ally to Black people, but I'm also oppressed by the same systems that oppress them, just not to as great an extent. Um, but it made me see like even that what I see as like minor oppression or less oppression is still oppression at the end of the day. And that that qualifies me, I'm air quoting, qualifies me to be in this category. Um, and I'm so thankful for that experience because it, it really just like brought to light this inner dialogue that I've been having between like, where do I fit in this conversation? How do I place myself and orient myself? Because that's really important as we are trying to heal and be better and be more embodied like we can't if we don't know where we are and where we stand it's like kind of like when you have like a fight with a friend and your friend's like you know you're like i don't know if she's mad at me or she is or she isn't or okay or that's kind of weird conversation um and then a lot of times we're like the ball's in their court you know um which i could have done right i could have been like the ball's in in your court um like you know or I'm just going to go with like the crowd and go with the white people and be in that group. This whole idea of like either or or both and is really important and it applies in so many different areas of our lives because we can't heal until we can kind of see the in between is how I see it. We can't, there are so many experiences and memories and things from our childhood that we have kind of um, diluted down to like kind of one facet of it. And it it ends up being like, oh, um, this memory led to me thinking that, led to my thinking that um, all black people are bad. Like that, there could be a memory. I don't really have one like that, but like, I'm just trying to um, kind of go with the, the course of conversation here. And so, in order to break that 
we need to get out of that binary thinking and be like, that was one experience and it, and it, it was one perspective that I experienced. Let's shift it. Let's reframe it. Reframing is something I love to do. And I can kind of, I say I can rationalize anything. I can reframe almost anything. Let's reframe it, um, for better or for worse. Let's, say. let's reframe it and, and what did that experience actually, what was it actually about? And what, you know, why was that belief the, the result of it? Um, and that's how we can kind of rewire our brains and like help ourselves see differently because we are walking around with these layers of, um, of memories and beliefs that we're carrying with us that kind of have been conditioned within us, whether it be by our experiences or our ancestors' experiences or our culture that's around us. And so it's not necessarily who we are, what we are, what we want to do in the world. Um, and, and this is all to say too that it's very, it's kind of a confusing way of navigating the world. Um, because it's not black and white. Black and white is really easy, right? Like when you're looking at a picture and there's a black outline, you can make out the picture. It is super clear. You know, if it's a, a coloring page, you know, it doesn't have any color in it, right? It's just a blank coloring page of a dog. You see the dog. You see all the details. You know exactly where the lines are so you can color within them. And what we're doing right now, like, is retraining ourselves to see that picture of the dog but like super pixelated with all the grays in between and and then it's kind of and it makes kind of coloring in the lines kind of hard (laughs) um but being able to see the gray allows us to be flexible in where we are and to give ourselves grace when we are really hard on ourselves when we think oh that was really bad or you're a bad person or um or you, I can't believe you did that, or I can't believe I did that, you know, I shouldn't have done that, that was, you know, like, how stupid am I? Like, all those words and, and thoughts that we have in our minds, we have the opportunity then, if we can see the gray, of, like, shifting. And it's a practice, it is something that doesn't just happen overnight because we have been kind of trained to see in the binary, but once we can start picking out examples of, like, what if it's not this or this? What if it's something in between? You know, what if we aren't necessarily bad people? What if that person isn't bad? Maybe they're just traumatized. Maybe that, and that doesn't mean that the thing they did isn't bad, but it just means that we are recognizing that they aren't necessarily bad. And so that is, I think I'll leave it off at that because I, I could kind of go on and on about this, but this kind of is an introduction to it. And tying this back to the conversation I had with Amelia earlier this week for the kind of the main blog, not blog post, the main episode, um, where she kind of says, you know, I don't want to be recognized as a mother. All, like, I don't want that to be the thing that people recognize me for, but I also think mothering is really important. That is a very great example of it's not either or it's both and you can feel like you're that mothering is so 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 important you can also feel like you don't want to identify with it 100 and i think that that pull that tension is really important to observe and to hold within us and to say hey that is valid and that is 
that is okay to think. And I am not a bad mother for thinking that, you know, like that is a human thing to have these experiences where I can believe one thing and believe something that is kind of in contrast to it. So that is all. Thanks for tuning in to, to today's blog blob. <laughs> Thanks to Jonathan for his, his um, inspiration on creating this name. I don't know if it's going to hold. We'll just call it a blog blob for now. Um, if you want to follow along with what I'm writing, you can find, you know, this post that I read aloud as well as all my other daily posts on lucifereal.com, all spelled out. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at, um, reclaiming motherhood in one word, no spaces or anything like that, um, for additional writings. And if you have any comments, feel free to send me a DM or email me at lisa at lucifereal.com. Until next time, I hope you take care, and I'll talk to you soon.